welcome to another chapter of the Nerd Cave. This is Shanzi. And this is Dearman. And tonight we have a very special touching moment with you because this chapter circles around, if you hear the excited clapter in the background, something close and near and dear to Dearman's heart. So I'm pretty sure you guessed what we saw tonight, so spoilers for anyone. Very heavy spoilers. Very heavy. If you have not seen the movie, and you wish to, without any spoilers, stop listening now. And the movie that we saw tonight was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes, we did. And I can say it does a really good job because it does two things. It satisfies the Spider-Man fanatic, and it keeps entertained the person that knows absolutely nothing. Yeah. We are two sides of the Spider-Man spe- Spider spectrum. And um, I can say, without doubt, it is very entertaining. And in case you want to know, I'm not entirely dumb to the Spider-Man lore. I do. I have seen all th- three movies of the... Only Rhyme- three? Oh, well. Oh, wait, you mean of the Raimis? Yeah, the Raimi trilogy, the good ones. Spider-Man 3 wasn't that good, though. I hardly remember that one, so... Yeah, you're lucky. (laughs) So, I think for this one, we want to kind of go over the movie and some details that... Mostly what Earman noticed, which is a lot. Especially the trivia part. He liked the trivia part, which is why I'm calling the... How many spider suits can you guess? <laughs> and um, so we're just going to go from there. I can say I liked the main character, Miles Morales. Entertaining. I like the side of him. I especially like the fact that he was able to speak Spanish and was cool on the other side, too. He, I mean, yeah, he was cool, but that was to us, not to everybody else. He wasn't exactly cool. Well, whenever you go to a special school full of eggheads... What was cool in one place? Yeah, not so much to the other. (laughs) You're more of the academic nerd than I am, so of course you would think that's cool. I think it's pretty neat, but... So, we got Miles, who starts off just as every single Spider-Man. Gets bitten by a radioactive spider, and, on a chance, meets up with the other Spider-Man of his universe. Which doesn't really happen in the comics. In the comics, he just kind of hides away, and then he's actually... Actually, I think he is on the other side of the city or something when Peter goes and saves the world and saves uh, Captain America. Because in the comic version, he saves the president, Captain America. And then he goes... I mean, he gets shot from that. He goes off to his to Queens, and then the Sinister Six arrive and basically beat him to death. He but, gets some good licks in, but eventually, I think he wins, and then he just can't do it anymore. Gives up the ghost. But can you say, though, how in the movie, having the two of them meet up, actually, and having that first, obviously, one of many times, I'm not the only one. That, that was cool. It's, I'm not denying that. So, anyway, I think that was a nice little detail. I 
obviously didn't know the comic books like Deerman did. But I found it very entertaining. I thought that writing the story that way was kind of a good way. It kind of had the uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Men, I should reiterate, uh, comic line. Where uh, we had a villain that uh, had made an interdimensional portal. And that's basically where the similarities stopped. Because in the Spider-Man, when 616 original Spider-Man actually meets Miles Morales for the first time in comics, Mysterio, uh, 616, I'm just going to say R. R. Mysterio was went over there and found out there wasn't a Spider-Man over there and it was just hanging out over there with an avatar. He was just controlling an avatar, going over there. Of course, Mysterio had the uh, know-how to do that, seeing as he was a stunt man, ex-stunt man. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, and he was doing crimes and he was becoming a very popular internet sensation as an internet crime person over there. Uh, and then Spider-Man saw for up the portal one night, and he went to invest, invest, investigate, yeah, and uh, found that out and got kicked through the portal, and met up with Spider-Man, Miles Morales. They did the whole, "Are you dead? I'm not dead. You're supposed to be dead." Finding out he was dead in that universe. And finally working through what they had to do. and Yeah, and also I, I really enjoyed the fact, though, that they always brought back whenever the space rift ro- exploded, I guess, in a way, and transferred stuff from other dimensions in, and they introduced the other Spider-Men into it. They always go back to that backstory, and eventually... And I liked it how, um, you know, Gwen, you thought he was a part, she was a part of that universe, just a different... No, I didn't, because I, I actually saw a spoiler, but... Yeah, well, I didn't. Yeah. And so I think the story may be like, okay, that looks like Gwen, but that's obviously just this dimension's Gwen, which is not a spider woman. And then suddenly, he goes and visits Peter's grave, then... Hey, kid. And that was after the fight scene of... What's that one villain's name? The purple one. His uncle. Yeah, the Prowler. The Prowler. And so you think, oh no, that's that guy. No, that's the other Peter Parker. And then that's how... I like that, though, where they have the explosion, but they don't show the other ones immediately. It's like... Yeah. Introduce one. Kind of a backstory. And a little adventure with that one. Introduce the next one. Then, to, and so we didn't get bored with doing that three more times. We met them all at the same time, and they kind of did their backstory at the same time. And then, whenever they eventually meet the other three, um, Spider Hog and Penny and Spider Man Noir, they're just like, our backstory is really long. 
long, even though it was going to be exactly the same as the other ones where they're doing their normal things, they shoot through the dimensional rift, and they go in there, and they just immediately cut all of that out and just shows them smacking into the billboard in New York. You know? And I like the fact that they kind of had that joke going where the other two, it showed kind of the same beginning, and then for the other three, it's like, splat. Yeah. But... I like that there was a little bit of fourth wall breakage there between all of them. I mean, not as wonderfully bad as Deadpool, because I love fourth wall breakage. It is hilarious. It is funny to me, and uh, love it with Deadpool. Any iteration that I found of Deadpool, there was a little bit of fourth wall breakage, and uh, just right amount for Spider-Man, I thought, all of them. I mean... Even with uh, Spider-Man Noir, which he's a more serious Spider-Man, and more hard time since he um, originates from the Great Depression. And I think, and a lot of people may not like me for this, but I think Nicolas Cage was a good choice for Spider-Man Noir. Well, heck, I didn't even know that was Nicolas Cage. Yes, that was Nicolas Cage. It's like he, he pulled the uh, New Yorker kind of detective voice really well. Yeah, he carried he that really well. Yeah. But the Spider-Man, because he kind of touched on it, uh, you have Spider-Ham, not Hog. I was about to smack you there. Spider-Ham. What's the difference? Uh, don't, don't test me. Spider-Ham, Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, which is SP... Backslash, backslash, DR, which I have not figured out how to say that yet. And then Spider-Gwen, of course, Miles Morales, the main character, and Spider-Man. Peter B. Parker. Peter B. Parker. The other one, the Miles' version of Parker was Peter Parker. He didn't throw the B in there. They threw the B in there so they could be a little bit different. But this, but Miles' Peter was blonde. That was weird, because the only really blonde Spider-Man, uh, at least in our universe, was uh, Ben Riley, the uh, clone of Spider-Man. Hmm. One, well, one of them. There's two. Yeah. So. I thought that carried out, and I have to say, Kingpin was an absolute unit in this movie. He was huge. I mean, look at him in the comics. Yeah, he's big. He's he's a big man. This one, this version of him, he was like almost dwelling size with the head in the middle of his black suit, basically. I swear, he probably pays his top scientist top dollar, but he probably pays his suit maker really I mean, they must use 200 yards of cloth just to make a suit jacket. I mean, seriously. That man was that big, or he looked like it. And you thought Dakota had fast reflexes. Well, Kingpin, the guy was able to get out of a car and was able to shoot somebody who was a supervillain and didn't even notice him get out of the car. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that guy is fast, strong, I mean, and really... Kingpin's a normal guy. He's He he was a fighter. He uh, trained and everything. 
but he has really no superhuman abilities. Yeah, I know, but that makes him more, even more so terrifying is the yeah. fact that he is normal. Just really, really, really big. Like, the guy probably eats, like... 12, sh- 12 dozen chickens in a meal? Probably drinks, like, a 36-pack of Dr. Pepper in a day. I think I could do that. Think. I, I doubt it. But You also need a bunch of money. So, good healthcare plan too. Yeah, I mean Kingpin was obviously the main villain of this movie. I was very concerned throughout pictures and trailers and posters that it was going to end up a very, very heavy villain movie like Spider-Man Three, and it wasn't going to work. But it worked, because they were all under uh, Kingpin's rule. It was like his Sinister Six. And which, was there six? I mean, you had Prowler, you had Scorpion, which they got the Scorpion right. I mean, I don't know how much right, but he, Miles' uh, world, he was he is a crime lord down in uh, Mexico or south somewhere, because he was speaking Spanish. I mean... Well, Goblin was his own thing, but that was for... Uh, yeah. He was kind of working with Kingpin, though, wasn't he? he yeah, he he, asked, he was the one that offed Peter, uh, the original Peter. And then, of course, you have the secret one, which, whenever she was revealed, Dakota was kind of just... He was everywhere at the I'm the like, theater. that's Ock? That was Doc Ock? Liv- Olivia uh, Octavius. I mean... The only Olivia Octavius I found, he, she is kind of squat, and she is in the Spider Verse uh, comic run, not the uh, not the whole Spider Verse Morland and the Inheritors, but the one after it. Of course, I think she, yeah, she was in the end of the that one anyway to help, but yeah, she's that was a shock to me. And I did enjoy her form of tentacles. That was weird too. I didn't know what they were. I couldn't. They I seem mean, to be very. They seem to be more synthetic than anything yeah, else. Yeah, they were very malleable and uh, could less mechanical. Yeah, but I didn't enjoy that. So I I think the movie delivered well in the way of delivering. And plus, they didn't overload it with Spider-Man either. They seem to be very selective about their yeah. Spider-Man, where they wanted to keep it conservative. Obviously, get Pe- another Peter Parker in. Miles is the main one, but then suddenly it's like, but also here's some other Spider-Man that you might not have heard of. I mean, these it was it was named Into the Spider-Verse, meaning it was like the edge of Spider-Verse. You know, comics. Here, here's your Spider-Man 101 kind of thing intro and this is uh the edge of something bigger yeah and we are not gonna touch on the end credits i'm sorry if that gives you any hint that that doesn't mean to but we're not touching on the end credits we can't i think there is some bylaw there i mean so because i mean in the fan handbook of marvel don't really talk publicly 
to someone who hasn't seen the movie the end credits. They have to experience them for themselves or accidentally skip them. But I can say, though, and Deerman has agreed with me that the only time he would probably buy the DVD player is to try and get the pop quiz right or the trivia, which is how many different Spider-Man spider suits can you find at the end credits and during the movie? Oh, I mean, of course you have the uh, uh, characters in the movie. You have Spider-Man Noir, you have Spider, uh, you got Penny Parker Spider, uh, you have Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, and then of course when you get into, uh, when you meet May and see uh, Peter Parker's Spider-Man, not B, not Peter B. Parker, but uh, the one who has passed his suits, you see the Iron Spider suit, you see the Secret Wars suit, you see the Armored Spider-Man suit, you see, uh, you actually get to see the PS4 Spider-Man game suit in there. Uh, and it's there's Big Time, the Big Time suit, the one that uh, bends sound and uh, light. And and the list just keeps growing. It just keeps getting in bigger. In the end credits, you see um, House of M Spider-Man, uh, several more uh, PS4. Uh, you get to see Secret Wars. The first Secret Wars uh, uh, suit. And then uh, I was having trouble trying to find more suits. I was trust. Uh, I was on the other side and I could just feel the sense of him just wanting to pause the movie. Oh, big time, big time, big time, big time. But obviously you can't do that. But I could sense it. I could just really feel it from the other side. Him just trying to click that pause symbol and it's just not happening right now. I think I almost heard the tapping, but I, I could say that was a pretty fun part. And another character that I did not expect to be so so badass was Aunt May. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, whenever you, they get to the MJ is talking about the loss of Spider-Man and all that to the entire city. You just kind of see Aunt May in the background, just coyly sitting there in, in the chair, just looking all timid and all that. And then you actually meet her, and it's just... Well, somewhere, this Spider-Man had told Aunt May, or Aunt May found out. And they had this whole spider cave, and you get to see the dune buggy, Spider-Man dune buggy. It was awesome. I mean, there was a weird motorcycle, and uh, there was a spider plane. Yeah. and, and But this May Parker was kind of like uh, Spider-Man's Alfred, his Overwatch. And it was kind of cool, though, too, but, like, near the end, whenever Miles finally has his leap of faith moment, where he finally has somewhat control of his powers and he finally realizes what he has to do to be Spider-Man. It's kind of cool because whenever he goes back, Aunt May is just waiting for him. And then she just totally lets him spray paint a suit and then hands him his web slingers. Which, which he, he actually got them from May and, well, MJ and Gwen were there too, but Aunt May, uh, the original web shooters. But he gets... 
I think he gets better ones from Nick Fury in the comics. Because in the comics, Nick, when Miles actually first starts, he's in what he's in in the, most of the movie. Uh, a Botten co- Spider-Man costume. Yeah. And then Nick Fury shows up. He's like, that is in bad taste. No, no, the clone. The clone. This, this world's clone, which is Jessica Parker. They, somehow they, when they clone Peter, they got a, a girl out of the deal. So they're a spider woman. Or a spider girl, I don't remember. Uh, but I see the that burgundy one back there by his side, spider woman. Yeah. Behind spider girl. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's like, that is in bad taste, blah, blah, blah. And Nick Fear shows up and is like, here, and basically gives him a suit eventually the black suit so that's the origin of the black suit in the comics but she lets him take a suit he spray paints it she gives him the web shooters and then he goes off to save the day yeah that's pretty much how the movie went in the end it's mild you know it's kind of it i mean the story is predictable in that sense i mean spider-man's predictable he old Spider-Man always saves the day. He always wants to save the day, and he always blames it on himself when it goes wrong. You saw every version of this blame something during the mission on themselves, and they're like, no, the other ones were like, no, it's mine, and they basically almost come to fisticuffs over who's to blame. It's that classic Peter Parker luck, and Peter... Parker uh, guilt that runs through that comes with the spider yeah powers and like I said this movie was really good entertaining for the person that is experienced in the universe and a person that has only seen the movies really I've read some comics but besides that Luckily, we went on a Monday night, tonight's Monday, and we were the only two in the entire theater of even all three shows that were playing. We were the only two in Spider in the one of those theaters watching the Spider Verse. So, so thankfully you weren't there whenever you heard Dakota screaming most of the time. Oh, oh Deerman screaming! I was so glad I could not keep my mouth shut. I have been known to talk during movies like this, so I have not had a lot of good uh, people to go with me. Sean, uh, uh actually kind of tolerates it and actually was... Trust me, you, you don't know how many times before the movie started that he kept screaming to the Invisible Man in the corner just to make sure there's no one in I the I mean, I kept same. checking... So I'm like, is anybody else in here? Because I will get pretty loud. I'm trying to be respectful. Okay, no one's here. Time to go all the way through. So, it was an enjoyable experience on a Monday night, which I would never have really done on a Monday night after work. But it was a good time. Enjoyable. The movie was good. company was, eh. Nah. Yeah, I know. And and I can say, though, 
There is also one other very important to Dakota's life who, I mean, his hero, I mean, I, I, his, I, I, his I, idol was, uh, his favorite, I about broke down. his favorite hero obviously was Spider-Man, but his, obviously is the first of many, many tributes that are going to be coming from a lot of movies this year, the next, and so forth to, I want to call him the creator, even, a man that created the universe, and that man is Stan Lee. I mean, for Deer Man, for all these future Marvel movies that we're going to see, I'm pretty sure, I'm waiting, I'm expecting it to happen eventually, one of them is going to ting a little string in his heart and he's going to tear up, maybe, even. Oh, there's going to be one that will have to hit my heart very hard. I mean, yeah, this wasn't as bad as it, as it could have been. I mean, it was lovely, but for the next few movies, every uh, one he has a cameo left in, it'll be hard for every fan, Marvel fan. And Especially during those end credits, I, where that tribute will be. And yes, there was a cameo in this movie, obviously. Yes, the, this is one of the cameos he uh, uh, did before he passed. Of course, it was animated, so he didn't have much to do, but it was great. And obviously, there was some Stanley humor around that scene as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I like to say they did pick a very good quote from Stan Lee, which is something you should strive for almost. The quote was, That person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed without a doubt a real superhero, which is, Amen. you know, pretty much anyone can wear the mask. And that was basically the tagline of the whole movie not not just one wears the mask you know um, or more than one wears the mask I don't remember what the, which exactly that pretty much the message was the same you know you don't need superpowers to be a hero you just have to look out for others you must do the right thing yes when the moment comes and that's one of many quotes of Stanley, and I'm pretty expecting sure that there's going to be more bits of gold that we're going to find in the chest of Stanley in the future films that are going to be coming out. And I'm, I can say he was a pretty great man. Oh, he was one of the greats, if not the greatest. They had a, at the end, they did have a tribute to both. Stanley and Steve Ditko, since both of them helped write Amazing Fantasy number fourteen, the first episode, the first book to feature Spider-Man, which, oddly enough, did make an appearance in the movie. Oh yeah. Yes. But, so. And I can say it's a great movie. I say people need to watch it. Obviously, if you, if you're still listening at this point, if you really care about spoilers, you want to have come this far. 
Yeah. But I can say, great movie. I enjoyed it. That's what's important. Because I knew I'd enjoy it. <laughs> and so, I can say this is probably the end of another chapter of the Nerd Cave. And I hope that... Better be, or we'd be here all night. And I hope that all of our listeners enjoyed it as well. Because this is kind of a way for us to kind of... Vent. Vent would be a good word, you know. Nah, no. Nerd out in the nerd cave. You know, Actually do something with our uh, time <laughs> that we spend just talking. You know, it's a it's a good way to get our um, get it off our chest. And really, that's kind of how this this that's how this is going to kind of be. We're going to see something that's going to get us going, get us raving. Or it may not be just seeing it; just maybe us just sitting here raving about random stuff too. So. Again, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed... Mostly this was Dear Man's Shine in the Light because this is one very important hero for him. You can see it pretty much everywhere. I mean, Marvel is important. All the other superheroes are important. But obviously, I think Spider-Man kind of... Spider-Man kind of takes... I, I, I even want to say Spider-Man has more stuff than Deadpool in this room, really. Yeah, well, Deadpool has a lot of stuff, too, but yeah. There's, there's Funkos and Legos aplenty. There are figures and uh, posters galore. And I can also say, if there is a Spider-Man Christmas album, I will buy it for, I will buy it for Dear Man. And I will gladly accept it. So, thank you again. Hope you enjoy it. I hope it was nice to listen to, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.